God bless fantasy football. There are many things a man can do with his time. And this, well, this is better than those things. Heyo, we are back with good old fantasy football. Today we're going over our sleeper picks for the season. Um, before we get into our sleepers, though, we have a little news from our listeners league. We're going to pick our draft order today, um, and we're going to randomize which one of the three hosts is going to be the vampire. Let's do it. Okay, so our three names are on a random generator, and whichever name it picks is the vampire. Yep. All right, here we go. Connor is our vampire. Man. All right, so, well, there's your last place team right there. <laughs> yeah, probably. All right, so Connor's the vampire, so we'll move him to, well, no, you could, we also randomized the draft order, and Connor's at third pick, so you'll just stay at third pick instead of moving you to 12, and yeah, just pick some, like, yeah, some random. Man, how does it feel to know that you had third pick, and now you don't have a pick? I'm not, I mean, you know, let's see how the league goes. I think it'll be exciting, something that we've never done before. Yeah, definitely be fun. some early wins would be really cool. Yeah. Um, so you guys can go on and look for the people that are in the league at the order. But we have Solly Ab Special at first pick, Lunar Nick at second. Again, Connor's at third, but he will not be picking. The Cronoriums at four, Jay Frazier at five, B. Miller 02 at six. Fantasy Football 101 at 7, Corey in the house at 8, host Bren is me at 9, host Chaz at 10, and then we have Matt Close at 11, and Jokey1420 at 12. I like the 10 spot. I do like the 9 spot, because that's really where you'll be at. I don't like that either. I wanted to be up top. <laughs> so I'm in the trade. My spot away for anybody that's listening. Okay, yeah, I guess you could, you could get into that. I don't think I don't think there's that's going to work out on an online draft, but we'll figure it out. <laughs> All right, yeah. So the draft order's up there. Um, if you guys want to go check it out, it's eight hours, seven minutes, and forty four seconds. Not that anybody's counting. No. All right, let's get into our sleepers. Who wants to go first? I'll start it up. Um, the first one I got is a uh, Corlin Sutton. Um, ESPN has him. Wait, should we talk about Josh Jacobs signing first? Yeah, I probably yeah, should have mentioned that. He signed um, a one-year, twelve million dollar deal, according to camp. Is that just signing his franchise tag? I don't or believe is it, so. So it's kind of like Barkley. Yeah, I think it's the same as Barkley. Okay. Yeah. From what how I read it. I, yeah, because it would have just said signed franchise tag. Right. Okay. Now we were talking with Joe yesterday. What, why? Like, why would someone do that? Instead of just signing the franchise tag, because the next year they can get tagged and be in the same predicament. It, it's, I think it's a lot, so they can. It's kind of like a, a year-long open negotiation. Okay, so now he's under contract. He could talk. He could try to. Negotiate. Yeah, I think if you're under a tag, I don't think you can talk about a contract extension. Sure about that. That's it. it it's we. It's yeah. yeah. It's weird how like when you can and can't talk yeah. about it. But then getting tagged next year if they have an okay year. And then getting paid as a top five running back for a season, like, isn't the worst right, situation. So maybe if they don't have a great year, they don't earn that money next year, but yeah. they're still getting it if they're getting tagged. Especially now you have Derek Henry's big deal, and you have uh, Saquon and Josh McCaffrey Jacobs getting $12 million and McCaffrey. 
So that franchise tag for next year probably took a big jump with two $12 million contracts yeah. being thrown in. Right. Yeah. yeah. So now they might not care if you're, especially as they if get they're getting a couple million more. Big paycheck each year. Right. Just with the way the market is, they're not going to lock in like a four or five year deal at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Or it's another thing that maybe they're open to being traded. Because Josh Jacobs has said he's he'll play for another team. Markley like, right. didn't really make it sound like he was willing to play for another or wanted to play for another team at least. But if you're tagged, you can't be traded. Okay. If you're okay, under so contract, opens you up could, a lot of possibilities. I th- I believe so, and I think that's the advantage of doing that, not just signing your tag. Okay, that makes sense. But I agree with you on like on the surface, it seems like why not. Get that year franchise tag out of my way right. if it's going to Especially Barkley, got like an extra $900,000 if he hits career highs and, and everything. It almost doesn't sound worth it. Right. But that makes sense. All right. Cortland Sutton. Okay. So in 2019, uh, I liked him a lot. He was looking almost like a young Michael Thomas with a lot of catches over the middle, racking up receptions. And then at the start of the 2020 season, he tore his ACL. Since then, in 21 and 22, he had 98 uh, targets and 109. QBs like to throw in the ball over the middle. It's easy, especially on a PPR leg, for him to rack up points and catches. Uh, he started playing better. Or Russell Wilson started playing better last year, and we'll see if they can continue the connection this year. I mean, I think everyone thinks Jerry Judy is going to have the better season. Who is banged up right now? He's hurt, he's hurt right now. With the hamstring. And I also just think... The amount of targets he gets, he's going to have plenty of opportunity. He's pretty good at getting yards after the catch, too, to make a 5- to 10-yard catch into a 30. I just I think he's a good player. Yeah, I agree, especially with Judy's hamstring. Sometimes with these receivers, that hamstring can linger for half a season, maybe right. a full season. Um, so I think I think Sutton's a great value this year. What round did you say he was going in? Um, I don't have the ADP. Uh, 10 Yeah, so if you're getting a guy like the 6th or 7th be your flex, I think that's... Well, he's going in the 10th. Why not get him in the 9th or 10th? Well, I think I'm really the security guy. Yeah, and I could see him finishing as a wide receiver too or flex. Yeah, but it's, I liked Judy, I think, a little bit more. But now that he's banged up and, like you said, with a hamstring injury that can linger, um, I think Sutton definitely takes a big jump there. And I've said this, I don't think Russell Wilson will be as bad as last year, um, especially with Sean Payton. Yeah, so Sean Payton it's going to be hard for him to be as bad. Right, as so I think the whole offense takes a jump. And now that, especially now that Judy's banged up, I think Sutton uh, sees a lot of benefits from that. Um, okay, I'll go next. My first sleeper is Kenneth Gainwell. Um, I, the reports are that he's the number one back here. I don't know. I still think he's as much as a preseason. Yeah, practice. I still think Sift is going to be the guy to start. Um, but I, I think Gainwell sees even more touches than he showed last postseason. He, he was had more touches in the postseason last year than Miles Sanders. Right. Um, so I, I think that he's just going to keep getting more and more touches. And even throughout the season, um, Swift's a little injury prone too. I, I think – and if Gainwell is the guy, like that they're kind of saying out of camp, um, behind our offensive line and his receiving capabilities, I think he could have. Yeah, he can't kill him. The run if they're going to be able to pass. It'll be interesting if we keep Rashad Penny or if he gets cut because he's definitely on that board between him and Trey Sermon. I don't see how you keep Sermon over Penny. They have kept him on the practice squad all last year. They like him. 
Penny's injury prone. He's played, what, 14 or 16 games in four years for the sermon. And you don't have a guy who might not be as explosive. I just don't see the need for Sermon. I think well, Sermon's a very... If they would rather him over Penny, that's the difference. I don't know how much different the money is. I can't imagine that's much, but I think it's more about if they believe Penny will be healthy for the whole year. I think the money's a big difference. Well, their contracts are. Yeah, because Sermon... They're both getting paid relatively little. Sermon's getting paid nothing. I mean, wow. but yeah, Penny, I, I don't, yeah, even if he makes the team, the only concern I have is it's very committee based. Where are you getting game one? Uh, his ADP is 16. Yeah. 16 so grand. it's a guy that's undrafted or you're right. grabbing as your last pick. I think it's a good, good pick only because, like, what, what's your loss? Like, there's no that. The upside of you had if he yeah, sucks, then he sucks. There's no risk at that pick, right? So if he does come out and he is the number one running back, I, even if he doesn't put up a ton of points, because I think there's to be again a backfield by committee. If one guy goes down, then he's easily moved into your flex, right? To where if they're only using Swift and Gainwell, I think either one would be a good a flex good play, and you're getting Swift in the sixth round. Gainwell versus Gainwell later. Undrafted. Yeah. yeah. I think it's a very good value, good sleeper. Nothing? No. No, I mean, yeah, that's why I picked him. <laughs> I'll <laughs> throw that. All right. Uh, I'll go with my sleeper of Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara right now is getting drafted in the middle to end of the sixth round. What's got worth? With a three-game suspension, I get that that hurts. But last year, he finished as two seven times. Or, sorry, eight times. I don't know how to count. If you're getting him as the running back 25 in the sixth round, even with missing those three games, he's now in a much better offense. And during the preseason, he took all the snaps every time that Derek Carr was out there, which I believe was only one game. But – he took every snap with him. He's still going to be the guy, and you're getting him in the sixth round where you plug him in as your RB2 or flex when he comes back. The good thing about him is a big draft strategy this year is going zero. Right. So we're here at running back. So if you get McCaffrey in the first, load up on receivers, and then you take Kamara, by week four you now have McCaffrey and Alvin Kamara where you could have two great pass-catching all-around running backs to set your lineup every week. Or he's your running back, and you might not need to start him or you can put him in your flex. And you have no problem waiting that three weeks. No, because I'm drafting him in the sixth round. It's, it's not, He's going with his suspension and still being second, third, fourth. He runs that risk. If he's not getting drafted till the sixth, I, I think that takes away almost all your risk of the position. Well, what do you think of his backups? I drafted – I think it's Keandre Miller. But, which has been banged up already, um, that's which what I was he should say. be. I, and then, like, I know they Jamal Williams. Like, Jamal Williams is a guy. So that'll I mean over goal line. But that's it. All right. And Well, he can catch passes. He could catch passes with uh, Green, Bay. Green Bay. He doesn't as much with the Lions. And then Swift. Yeah, when the Lions brought him in, he turned into a goal line back, which right. is wild. So it'll be but, interesting how the Saints play and they use him. And is Derek Carr good at passing to running backs? Josh Jacobs had like 75 targets last year, I think. Okay. So 
Defensive back really good, right? Yeah. And I think just even with Derek Carr, that offense becomes so much better to not having Dalton and – you have an actual starting quarterback in the league, Which, not yeah. an older guy. Like just the upgraded quarterback. We get the whole offense going. Yeah, you have Michael Thomas back. You have Chris Olave. So you have wide receivers that have to. Juwan Johnson had a good year last year. Juwan Johnson had a good year as well. Um, yeah, I think the biggest thing about him was was the rookie came in and people were worried he was going to take touches, and now he's already banged up. Yeah, and I think if you're getting Alvin Kamara, you can almost drift. Williams probably in the 12th, 13th round if you do need that guy to start for the first three games. Yeah. Or the rookie's going undrafted if you want to take a sleeper, like a flyer on your last round. Right. Not bad guys to have, but yeah. I think he's going to get the majority of touches when he comes back. So getting the talent like Kamara in the sixth round, I like this year. I think that's a good sleeper. All right, I'll go with my second one. We talked about this guy with the wide receiver rankings, um, but this is mostly based on how low I think ESPN has him with DeAndre Hopkins. ESPN has him at 24. I personally have him at 12. I forget what we have him as a consensus. But um, he's been a top 10 wide receiver. The last two years, he's been in the 40s, but that was mostly due to injury or suspension. But even last year, he had 717 yards in nine games, which averages out to 1,300 and change yards if he plays all 17. I mean, Burks is there, but he's going to be the uncontested number one receiver. And with Derrick Henry there, you can't just have five or six cornerbacks every play. you got to stack the box. And Burks is banged up right now, too. Yeah. Burks is banged up, but I actually think him playing will help Hopkins. With when he comes double. back. I agree. And I think Tannehill has shown with A.J. Brown. He's and even Devontae Parker with the Dolphins years ago. He can support it on more. Yeah, or not for it. And he might get be, some picks at the same time, but that means they might be playing from behind. Even when there's not a lot of help around him, like Devontae Parker, there was no other receivers there. Brown was there. There was no. Yeah, Jarvis Landry was. Yeah. Um, but this is the best number one receiver that he's Sam ever Hill had. has had. Right. I well, don't know. AJ Brown, young but, AJ Brown. I think AJ Brown's better than what he was with the Titans. Though. I agree. Um. Yeah. No, I, I think that. Hopkins is obviously a big name. This is mostly based on where he's projected to go. I think he had to take him in like the fourth round. Yeah. Maybe even the end of the third. Right. He's not going to be your number one receiver. Um, and he has the upside to be a number one receiver. Yeah. And depending on how you draft, he could be your third flex right. option. Yeah. Right? Which is a great third flex option. Or if you have a running back, you don't need him week to week. You start a matchup or you see how it plays out without – Traylon Burks, how Tannehill is doing. You kind of you don't need to throw him in your lineup right away either. Yeah, um, I know. Like people were saying that they Chiefs or the Bills or somewhere where they had better. It'd be better but, football wise for a team to have him, but, but for fantasy, fantasy wise, wise, I think the Titans are fine. Yeah, I, I think that he'll succeed with the Titans. Um, and I mean, he never really got out of that wide receiver one talks. I know. With, it was a little down year last the year. Cardinals. I mean, that it when was, he was playing, he was still. I was going to say it was inconsistent with with Kyler Murray being out there and then not and stuff like that. But yeah, I think he gets right back up into the wide receiver one talks this year. Yeah, I think after a couple of weeks, remember who he is. I mean, he's a guy like especially in the fourth quarter that they would just target in triple teams and it'd still come down with the ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's an animal. Um, all right, my second one is Bills rookie tight end Dalton Kincaid. 
I know that key tight ends do not usually do well. Even the hype around Kyle Pitts coming out, and he had a lot of yards, but no touchdowns. Or he had- Pitts was terrible because it's quarterback play. Right. Uh, and I, that's why I think Kincaid is a lot different from Pitts. Yeah, he's got, he's got Josh Allen throwing the ball in a very pass-heavy offense. Um, and obviously Diggs is, Diggs is his number one guy, and Gabe Davis is the big play guy. But I think Kincaid could be everything else. Like, Cole Beasley was a great third down uh, target. I think Kincaid can easily take over that role and more. Yeah, and Matt brought it up, our guest, uh, last week's show, talking about Kincaid. It's like reports on campus, he's kind of filling in as that slot Beasley role. So they, they used a first-round pick to be a pass-catching tight end. It's not like they brought him. And Dawson Knox is still in the equation because they love Dawson right. Knox. But if they can as a be on the field, that could work. I think Knox is better than a blocker. I know I'm hiring on the most people. He's got a lot of – I think he artists. is better. I just don't know if the Bills outside the red zone use him as a good receiver that he is. Yeah, I, I think Kincaid is out there almost like a slot option. And if he takes a slot option, I think you were, you're right. He could be a good sleeper. My only thing, like we're saying, Knox has the red zone target. Most tight ends get a lot of their points on touchdowns when they have a successful year. Yeah. It would be hard for him to steal those from Knox. I just doubt Knox. But. but if you're playing, say, PPR – um, I, I think a dynasty like I think Kincaid's great to get. Yeah, and he's what going about the tenth, eleventh round right now. No, yeah, no. that's where he's going. Something like that. I wrote, I wrote, um, yeah, so you're getting him in the tenth round, and he has the opportunity to be the number two receiving option in that offense. I know Gabe Davis is probably going to get more targets, but there's a chance Gabe Davis gets hurt, and he's the number two receiving option. For a 10th round tight end, that's a great pick. It's kind of like I talked about last week with Waller and Pitts. They're kind of wide receivers being played in the tight end position. Kincaid, yeah. if he's getting that slot role, has the receiver played in your slot or played in your tight end position, which right. is a huge value. So in PPR, I can imagine going for five catches for 60, 70 yards a week is double digit points, throw in a touchdown here and there. And I think that's your floor. Yeah, and then the ceiling could go a hell of a lot higher if if he gets that connection with Josh Allen. Yeah, if he's getting five for sixty, you're right. That's eleven points a week. Throwing in a touchdown just improves it even more. But you're happy getting ten to eleven points weekly out of tight end. If, if their the name is not round. Kelsey or Andrews, you're right. happy with ten to eleven points a week. Yeah, consistent. Yeah. All right, I'm going to stick with tight ends, and I'm going to go. Juwan Johnson. Okay. Juwan Johnson is getting picked ADP of the 17th round, so undrafted right now. Yeah, all over this. Yeah, I am. Because <laughs> yeah, I love Chris Olave, too. I am. Yeah. And Michael. I love the Saints this year. And Alvin Kamara. And, and I, I like Derek Carr, too. Well, you could say they potentially are the goodest team in the worst division as well. I know you. But they came up with that. I know how you put that on the Jaguars, but Saints could be the goodest team in the worst division. Um, but Juwan Johnson, last year finish. He was the 11th, right? Yeah, tight end. tight end 11. And now you're getting an upgrade to Derek Carr, who has been willing to throw two yeah, tight ends. Yeah, a monster with him. Yeah. And even before, Matt pulled the name out of his um, ass last week. Yeah, Austin Yeah, how do you guys keep pulling this name out of your ass? He was pretty good. 
Yeah, with Derek Carr. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying is now Juwan Johnson is the number one tight end, and Derek Carr could support him, and he's being drafted, undrafted. Yeah. So mm-hmm. if you're your tight end two with the upside that he could finish easily into the top ten, this it's a good last, safe pick. Last year he played the 16 games, so he missed one, but he only started 12 games. So he, I mean, he's their guy now. He's he's going to start every game that he's yeah. Out. And you're still going to get the gadget plays with Taysom Hill in there here and there, right? Right. Which I think you'll get less with a better offense with I Derek Carr. Yeah, I think they needed to rely on that to move the ball last year. I think don't think they're going to rely on that this year. No, they'll do it. But. They they like Taysom Hill and they paid him, so he's going to have player for him. But overall, Juwan Johnson's going to be the number one tight end, and he finished. 11th last year with only 12 starts. Yeah. So I could easily see him being a top 10 that's going undrafted. Right. Again, he's going to be your second tight end if you if you pick him. He's going to be a better. So you could take a chance on, say, an injury-prone George Kittle. Or you were saying Darren Waller. Yeah, like I love Waller this year, but it definitely comes with a big injury concern. Right. So this could be your safety blanket. Yep. That. Yeah, that, that's, the, that's kind of what I want to target, something that is. So now are you drafting a second tight end? It depends on my first tight end. Like if I'm drafting Andrews in the third, then you're fine. I'm probably or like yeah, if I'm drafting Andrews, I'm probably not looking at a second tight end. But if you're getting someone like but Waller if, or Kittle, a little more injury prone. Waller, Kittle, Goddard hasn't been injury prone, but he was hurt five games last year. Or was very inconsistent last year. I think to start the year, but once the connection with Lawrence was there, he was pretty solid. But again, adding another pass catcher in that offense, I don't know what consistency I'm getting. Right. I, I yeah. want a second. I think this year I do want a second tight end. Okay. Especially with a guy that has the top 10 that I'm getting undrafted. Yeah. All right. I'm going to go with my third sleeper. And uh, it's another guy, not to Hopkins pedigree, but uh, I think people like him pretty good. Uh, Alexander Madison. Um, ESPN has him at 21 for running back side for. I think if Dalvin Cook was still there, he'd be a first or second round pick. And the fact that I think Madison's ADP is like in the sixth round. Yeah. Um, yeah. Madison has showed in limited time he performed. I'm not going to say he's as good a player as Dalvin Cook, but he puts up solid numbers when he starts. Ty Chandler is his backup, so I don't think like there's going to be a guy to steal carries from him. Yeah, going into the preseason, they were going to have like an RB2 battle, but Nobody's, nobody's really shown much. And then with all the receivers we've talked about, um, Jordan Addison, yeah, we get it. Yeah, that's the guy you got to focus on. Uh, the rushing lanes are going to be open, and he's pretty good at catching the ball, too. Yeah. And he's shown whenever Cook was hurt that he can be a number one. Right. He's had multiple 100-yard games, and he's pretty good at finding the end zone when he starts, too. Yeah, I, I don't think he's done well when – Say getting like five carries a game. When no, Cook he's got to be a full game. But once he's had his full games, yes, he um, has had monster games. Right. It, as if, you know, as if he was Dalvin Cook. Like he played just as well as he did. And like you said, Cook on the Vikings has always gone as a round running back. Right. And so Madison should be able to pick up, even if it's a little bit of a drop off from what Cook had. But to go in the sixth round, I think he should be in the third or fourth. Yeah. Yeah, let's get him in the six. I think it's a great value for a sleeper this year. Yeah. Uh, so Cook was the tight end or the running back ten last year, and I think that wouldn't be a surprise if Madison was right around. Right, too. I agree with that. Again, so sixth round, you're looking at your 
If you go the hero running back strategy, would be a great second running back. Um, I, I think in most leagues he won't last till the six. I don't know how his ADP is that low, but I think there's going to be other people in most leagues that will be willing to take him in the third or fourth just because they actually believe in him. Yeah. And if you go no running back um, or zero running back strategy and you get him in the fourth, so you stack on receivers for right. a couple of rounds, get him as your first running back after having stacked receivers, that's not bad. If he's your second running back, I think, right. um, yeah, I think he's going to pick up right where Dylan Cook left off in that offense. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I like. I think I want Skyler like, to take any part of that it. offense because right. they're except Kirk Cousins. For you, as a QB two, <laughs> I don't hate him. I, I just don't want him as my first if option. If he's a QB one, but you get him in like the tenth round, and yeah. If I completely the punt the position and I'm waiting till right. the end, I, I, I don't mind having Kirk Cousins. I just would rather not have <laughs> Kirk Cousins. But, you know, he might throw 5,000 yards having uh, Jordan Addison there this year. So, <laughs> I don't think his name will be brought up again on the show. Addison? Yeah. That's not true. He's going to be good this year. He's going to be brought up every episode. Else. Yeah, I'm going to make sure he's brought up every episode. <laughs> All right. My third sleeper is Marquise Hollywood-Brown on the Arizona Cardinals. Hollywood? Um, Does he still go by Hollywood? Because everything I'm reading is Marquise Brown now. Did he I, drop I, Hollywood? She went by Hollywood. I think it was just a oh, pretty strong. I think his everything was Hollywood. You didn't okay, so his maybe, maybe you, you can have guessed his first name. Matt drafted Marquise Brown after Hollywood Brown was already taken. Okay, yeah, yeah. So I, I guess he is. <laughs> Although I'm looking up right now, and the first word of his description is Hollywood. <laughs> I don't know. Um, last year, when Hopkins was out for six games, he had three top ten finishes. Um, he had 6, 11, 17, 11, 10, and 9 targets in those six games. So, a ton of targets. Um, regardless of the quarterback, Hopkins is gone, so I think he's going to get those targets. Now, he only played in 12 games last year, so obviously injury-prone, but he's a seventh-round ADP. So, I think if he's your third receiver going into the seventh round or fourth receiver, um, I think there's a lot of upside there now that he's the number one. Did your report come out that there's a chance – they sit Kyler down for the whole year. Okay. And at that point, I think it hurts him pretty. Who's their Colt McCoy? McCoy? Like, or that's scary. I forget thing. the other guy that's running that, but it's going to be Colt McCoy with a couple guys that could potentially be behind. All right. You see uh, Will Greer with the Cowboys. I think, or at least somebody on, I think, NFL Network was saying they should pick him up right now. He went 28 for 30. 300 yards and two touchdowns are ranked. Against third straight players. players. It's Colt McCoy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's gotten better. But either way, they're still their teams. They're going to need to throw the ball, regardless of the quarterback. He's going to be peppered with targets, even if half are uncatchable. If you get 15 targets a game, seven of them are catchable. Yeah, um, he's he's going to get a lot of receptions. Yeah, I, I like him this year, especially with being a seventh round pick. Not having Kyler scares me. I think when first reports of Kyler missing four games and being back like week five, maybe week six. I thought Hollywood had a big value. I don't know how I really feel about it with having Colt McCoy be the guy all year. Yeah, but that's that's why the seventh round ADP, I think, is you're getting them at his floor. Yeah, and like we've talked about pretty much all these sleepers, there's no risk. 
you're not drafting him to be your top two or three wide receiver. Yeah, at highest, you're right. really him to be your third receiver. Right, twice. at the highest. Yeah, so you don't even have to start him at all. You kind of see how it goes. Yeah, he's one of those guys that could be a big surprise, but he probably doesn't hurt you if he never gets started right. being a seventh-round pick. Right. You would but, like him to, but... And I think his ceiling, if he, if he you know, gets passes that are catchable, it's pretty high. Yeah. And I'd, I'd say top... 20 at least if not like top 15 he's not going to be a top 10 receiver but no but he could finish as a wide receiver too yeah top 24 i, I think that could definitely happen yeah the targets will help it might actually get up to 100 catches which i don't think he's done before and because normally his yards per catch is so high yeah he's usually the big play guy but yeah, now but now he might need a he slants routes. under routes Looks just like everything the, guy now he might be a yards after catch guy. Give him a short screen pass or a uh, slant and just, yeah, just get him the ball. Hopefully he makes something happen. Yeah. Um, there's been a, a trade in the NFL. It's not a very big one. The Patriots have traded running back Pierre Strong to the Browns in exchange for offensive tackle tired Roan Wheatley. Um, I that's probably what, just would have been cut if it shouldn't affect Chubb at all. No, not even a little bit. No, and I don't know. If anything, I would say the only thing that helps is maybe the Patriots getting well, offensive line. Yeah, I think yeah. with them signing Zeke, they just didn't think Strong was worth having. The no, Patriots probably not. So if you can get so they got something depth. instead of cutting him, they yeah, got something for him. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, All right, Chaz, who's your last sleeper? Uh, before I say his name, now that we brought it up, Uh-oh. I think there's a chance Zeke could be a sleeper this year. If you're drafting him in the 12th, 13th round, and Stevenson goes down. Yeah, he could be a he's a very good handcuff. Maybe not a sleeper, good but a good handcuff. Let's say in our mock draft the other day, I got him. I had Ramondre as my running back one or two, and I got Zeke in the very last round. And yeah, if one of them goes down, the other one will be much higher. But especially if Ramondre goes down, I think Zeke will still have. I think he's got enough in him to to do it for a limited time, especially. And especially uh, short yardage uh, yeah, goal line goal line work. Yeah. Again, my guy, is there anybody that you are looking at as a handcuff? Like, if you draft Stevenson, are you targeting Zeke? Or if he falls to you, he I mean, falls AJ to you. Dillon. Wait. So, if you draft Aaron Jones, you want AJ Dillon? I want AJ Dillon. Yeah. That's but like, uh, but, if you, but, so, is there any running back that when you draft him, you want their backup? You want their backup. Uh, Elijah Mitchell with McCaffrey. Uh, that's who I was thinking in my head is. I think Mitchell, even with kind of being banged up now, if McCaffrey goes down at all, Mitchell's going to be. Especially normally, if McCaffrey goes down, it's like two or three weeks, and Mitchell normally can last that long. Yeah. Um, I think maybe Isaiah Spiller for Eckler. If Eckler goes down or. I mean, the Chargers running backs, it's like every three years they have a no one. Yeah. They've done it for a while. So I think they drafted him with the the intention of him to overtake Eckler as he signs a contract somewhere else. They're just doing that franchise tag him until he's gone. Yeah, that's the guys I had in mind. Were maybe Tyler Algier for Bijan. If Bijan doesn't pan out, he just has a huge workload right away. Gets banged up. Yeah, Algier had a great year last year. Yeah, the, the tough part of is Patterson still there? Cordell? He is. Yeah. So again, you're right to play. Patterson was there last year, and Algier had a great year. And I think Patterson had a good banged up. He had a good rookie year, but I think he didn't have a good enough. Didn't draft Bijan. Exactly. Right, but that's yeah, Bijan's Bijan's Bijan. Um also, I don't know who it is, but remember Derek Henry's backup is. Henry is just oh, uh, Spears. Okay. Tajay Spears. Yeah. Just because Henry is getting up there, and we've been saying it for uh, years. Charbonnet? 
Charbonnet, I think, is yeah. probably the best handcuff to have because he might give you value not being right and Walker with Walker out there. I mean, yeah, yeah, I think Charbonnet is a very good one. That, but so like some of those guys, I'd be looking like I'm not drafting Tajay Spears unless maybe you I get him in the last round if you take Derrick Henry. Yeah, but that's like the first guy I'm going to cut, and then Derrick Henry's going to get hurt the next week, and then screw it for the rest of the year. Because <laughs> it also depends. Like if it's the last round or two, you already have your defensive kicker, and you just don't know who to pick. You're throwing a dart. Yeah, but you're probably looking for a handcuff. But if there's say a, a rookie running back receiver out there, then maybe you take the chance on them instead of the handcuff to your guy. Because like you said, that's always the first person I cut, or I cut someone else that I shouldn't have cut to keep the handcuff, and then I never need him. But that's what you want. You want the handcuff to never need him. It's like a backup quarterback in the NFL. Like, I don't want to ever worry about him, but it's nice to have. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Who do you have for your last All right, My last guy, I'm going to go with Romeo Dobbs with Green Bay. He's going in the 13th round this year. And, and like before he got a high ankle sprain, he had, in his first nine weeks, he had three top 25 finishes. Not great, but as a rookie, this year he's still probably on the depth chart as a number two. But Jordan know. Love has been thrown has been thrown to him every time. Yeah, it seems like he is by far the better athlete, better right. all around receiver. But he's a deep threat. But he's a deep threat. Dobbs is going to be hit that targets and catches. Yeah, Watson eventually got the trust of Rogers last year, and Dobbs kind of disappeared. But it seems like Dobbs has the trust of Jordan Love. Dobbs also right. got and injured. Like, weapons are it was like right, Dobbs right. got injured at the same time that Watson took off. Yeah. So, Quinky Dink, thank you for saying. No, I think I started <laughs> trusting Watson at that point, or had, was forced to trust Watson. It, it is a and then he started thing. making plays. No, I. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, Jordan Love's going to have to favor somebody, and right now it looks like it's Romeo Dobbs. So to give him the 13th round, I think it's a good flyer to take. Probably a guy that you're not ever going to play unless either somebody gets hurt or he or just, just starts balls going really goes good. balls deep. Is that where you're going? With the break? Break? <laughs> yeah, 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 I knew what you were going to say. You want to go balls deep. Yeah. Uh, he's another guy in the 13th round ADP that you're drafting him at maybe even below his floor. <laughs> If he does nothing for you in the 13th round, fine. But if you can shoot up and be a flex play every week, then you got a, a good, pretty good value there. Yeah, last year with it being out so many games, having bad games, he's being he was the 76th overall wide receiver. He played 13 games, but again, he only started seven. So he, he started less than half the games. Yeah, and this year he's being drafted consensus 52, which is still I, – I think there's, it's very easy for him to finish above that. But you're looking at a guy that's probably his ceiling is top thirty. Yeah, but so if you if so you, he's a good flex play. If you get a flex play in the thirteenth round, yeah, or especially with bye week, so or if your PPR, it might be a great PPR play where he's getting six catches. It might be like a Jarvis Landry to Christian Watson being Devontae Parker. Yeah, he might only have six catches, but there again, yeah, there's a consistent points. consistent eleven points. And then throw a touchdown here and there. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I like that. I think that's a pretty good sleeper. Um, that's it for sleepers? Yeah, yeah that wraps them up. All right. Um, that is it for our sleepers. We will have um, breakout so soon as well, and then we're going to eventually get into my goodness, guys. Yep. Okay. Thank you for that, Connor. My goodness, guys. Just goodness is going to be the new t- title of this show. 
Okay. <laughs> or Kuinky Dink. I like that too. one now. All right. Uh, thank you for listening again, especially now that we're done our rankings. If there's any fun shows or different topics that you want to talk about, please just let us know. Um, it's it's definitely draft season at this point. So if you want us to grade your drafts, whatever you did well or wrong, whatever, um, send them into us. We'll, we'll comment on everything, right? Yeah. Yeah. Send us a message on Instagram at good old fantasy football. Um, and good luck to our listener league guys. Connor is at the vampire spot and. I'm happy about not being vampire. I think now that we went through it, I'm not happy about my draft spot, but I'm right in front of you in the draft. Yeah. Um, Connor is getting married in two weeks from yesterday. Yep. Okay. And then honeymoon. So you have a little bit of time to, before he really is all in on fantasy football. So yes, yeah, so you get your wins in early. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We'll see you next time. Cheers.